Super Talk Mississippi media production. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson were broadcasting from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg in downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander will be joining us in a bit. He's a little late getting here, back from some business on the Gulf Coast. We're glad you're with us, though, wherever you're tuned in across the network this afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We love the guys at Dickie's, and uh, we hope that you will take your family there the next time you want a really good, fresh, delicious meal, or the next time you have an event you'd like catered. Well, Dickie's Barbecue does a fantastic job of catering, and they can do that for you no matter what uh, your occasion, whether it be for your family, for your business, or maybe even for your church. All right, lots to talk about today. Lots of action going on in Southern Miss Athletics. Let's bring in Heath Hinton, the proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation website. And Heath, uh, there's well, let's just start. We've got all three sports to talk to you about this afternoon. But uh, but let's kick it off with basketball because the men are just uh, a little ways away from uh, playing Texas San Antonio tonight in the play-in game of the Conference USA Basketball Tournament. Uh, the winner of that would go on to play Florida Atlantic. And I guess, obviously, Heath, the question of the day is, uh, are we about to see the end of the Jay Ladner era here, or do you think, uh, irregardless of the outcome, uh, Coach Ladner will be back? Just your thoughts. Personally, it seems like it might be. It seems like it might be. Um, going into a new conference next year, guys, you, you want to build some momentum. Been a tough season. Whatever's working is not. It, whatever they're doing, it just it, it's not working. And that's not nothing against Jay because it's such a great guy. And um, you ha- you want you want it to work out, but you know, it, it go, as I said, going into a new conference next year, you want to build some momentum. Uh, bring in a new coach to help do that. I think with the transfer portal, you're going to have to re-recruit players. I think it may be a time just to start over and start something new. Six and twenty-five on the year, one and seventeen in the league. Uh, Luke, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's he's pointed the, the the conference realignment is going to, you know, force a decision one one way or the other. And you would think that we will probably see that one way or the other. You'll see, you know, endorsement and extension right after this tournament, or you know, move pretty quick uh, to to move on. Whatever you know, they they decide on that. Um, Heath, particularly tonight, I mean, this is a game that the Golden Eagles, I mean, they can win. We expect to see Stevenson there. We expect to, for, for Pierre to, to possibly be back. This is, uh, their only conference win. And, you know, apart from that, you know, that brutal overtime, they, they, uh, you know, tied the game at the end and sent this game into overtime. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the Eagles were just, you know, writing them off. There's a good chance they could, they could win tonight. Yeah, a really good chance. Also, you got to look at the fact that, They've been playing some of their best basketball late in the season without two of their big contributors, with Tyler Stevenson and Jerron Pierre being out. They're both going to give it a go tonight. So, 
you get you really you get a good game from them. They play the way they've been playing. They sh- they should be able to win the night. There's no question about it. And then you got to look forward going into FA. I think they play FAU That's next. That's right, right. Um, so it's you know one game at a time. But yeah, they could go in and win a game tonight. I could see that happening uh, without question. And we because certainly, of who they're getting back. And we certainly hope uh, that they do. And uh, you know we want we want to emphasize that. All right, uh, Heath. The women to start tomorrow. They'll play the winner of FIU and FAU. The women, uh, different story. Seventeen and eleven on the year, nine and eight in the conference. Uh, and we've talked to you about this before. But the women's team—they have the big players, they have the guards, they have the ability to make some noise in this tournament. They do, they do. Uh, they pretty much outsize every team in conference that they're going to play, except for maybe. Uh, well, we saw it against Charlotte. It's got pretty good size in the post. But they can do that. And if they get some outside shooting, if Dom plays the way that uh, we know that she can play and uh, their defense is always really good, Coach Manilis, they can make a good run in this tournament. They're a team to watch uh, headed into the basketball tournament in Dallas. And I just want to say it's going to be nice to leave the sheet and go to or leave the uh, – was it curtain and go to the beach next year? Right, where the, because where they, everybody's happy about that. So, Sunbelt like to see one of the teams make a right. big, like to see one of the teams make a big run in the last year in, uh, conference tournament. And, and Heath, of course, referred to the fact that the Sunbelt Conference basketball tournament is held in beautiful Pensacola, Florida. Heath, we hadn't had a chance really to talk to you about this, but we discussed this at some length yesterday. The Golden, the the, the Lady Eagles sh- should really have two buys instead of just one buy. Uh, you know, the league allowed North Texas to just basically pull out of a game that they didn't want to travel by land to get to and, and call that a no contest. And that half a game difference knocked the Lady Eagles out of a first and second round bye effectively. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, you're not going to get any favors from Conference USA right now, guys. Let's just be honest. <laughs> uh, you look at the Conference USA baseball players of the week and you look at what Southern Miss yeah. pitching. Any one of the pitchers. Go, go back. Hold on. Finish. Finish that thought on on this women's basketball, Heath, because I want to go into that next. That, that was yeah, it, a travesty. It, it's just you know you're not going to get any favors from Conference USA. That's not surprising at all. They're going to try to stick it to Southern Miss in many ways they can, and this is one of the ways that we're able to do it. Yeah. Point this out, uh, uh, Luke. You got a heck of a point here. So. Not only did last week you have the 13 strikeout by Tanner Hall against Mississippi State, not only do you have a complete game shutout by Hunter Riggins against Louisiana, Sean Bergeron for Western Kentucky threw a complete game shutout with 16 strikeouts against Hartford. So you had a seven-inning 13 uh, strikeout performance, and you had two complete game shutouts. And Heath, uh, a guy that made what two appearances over the weekend from uh, from was it from UTSA, gets yep. the uh, the conference pitcher of the week. Through four innings, by the way. <laughs> Through four innings of those two outings. And and I should mention the the Bergeron kid from Western Kentucky, dude. He is a Golden Spikes performer of the week. That's that, that's yeah. like you know across the the board. That's what you want. And Conference USA missed that somehow. Well, it is Conference USA, and everybody wondered why Southern Miss is leaving. There's a good reason why. I mean, you just look at it. when they literally, guys, when they put the brackets out last week for the tournament, 
from the official Conference USA Twitter page, they literally posted the ladies' bracket for the men's. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just it's beyond anything you've ever seen. Yeah, and, and not that I guess we should care, but the, where does that conference go after the three teams that are that are leaving move on to the Sun Belt? So where do they go? What do you see happening to Conference USA, Heath? Uh, I see. Look, <laughs> I don't see how they're going to be able to thrive. The TV contracts are going to be terrible. You're bringing in Jacksonville State, no offense to them, and uh, some other schools. It's not going to help them as far as the TV money. Um, I think you're going to see other schools trying to get out of there. I, I just think it's a dying conference, and I think it starts at top at leadership at the top, and you know, that's what that's what's happened to it. It's just a terribly run conference. All right, we're going to keep Heath over. Heath, we've got about 90 seconds left in this segment. We can carry on the next segment about baseball. But the weather permitting, uh, the Golden Eagles play South Alabama tonight. Looks like the weather will be better tomorrow night when Tulane uh, comes in. And then on the road to Dallas Baptist, what a heck of a week for – this is a good baseball team, 8-3, and three, playing very, very well. Boy, what a challenging week. It is a challenging week. And I think the guy that is probably the most challenging this week is uh, Rodrigo Montenegro. Absolutely. He does not have a backup at catcher. And if you never play catcher, well, that is the that is the most physically challenging position on the field to play. You get beat up, and he's been able to do it. Throw out runners at, at uh, Louisiana. I mean, just the guy's been phenomenal defensively and doing a good job. I think we ought to give him a shout-out for what he's been able to do without a backup behind him. Really. 100%. 100%. Played outstanding. Basically shut down the strategy of Louisiana this week because they, they thought they could come in and just run like crazy on the bases. And after the first couple steals Friday night, uh, you know, uh, Rodrigo put a stop to that. A net loss yeah. of one base runner over Correct. the weekend. Correct. for the top, It was a top-10 Stealing base team in the country. They had twenty seven coming into the coming into last weekend. Twenty seven. He took it away from them. So kudos to that kid. And thank goodness, thank goodness, we found him and uh, and brought him into the fold. So the uh, Montenegro brothers. One more thing about him too, as we as we go to break here in just a second. Somebody mentioned it to me, you know, over the weekend. Even though his his average may not be the highest, he will work the count exceptionally well, and he's come up with some big hits. I, I'm not yeah. saying he hasn't, but he is he, he has quality at bats, and and that's what why you you feel like that catcher spot. You know, even with him and Johnson, it's not a waste in the lineup. Unfortunately, Mrs. Montenegro only had two children, so uh, there there's there's none other that we know of uh, that will be coming into the fold. But we're glad. We're glad to have the two that we've got. All right, when we come back, we'll talk a little more baseball with Heath. Also, some spring football. We haven't touched on that much, but that's underway. Lots of activities right now at Southern Miss. We're going to try to get to as many of them as we can. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon, online, wherever you're tuned into the Eagle Hour. We're glad to have you. We're talking to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation on a Tuesday afternoon, kind of hoping that the rain holds off 
for the Southern Miss South Owl game tonight, but right now it's pretty dicey. About 60% chance of rain uh, at game time. We'll just have to kind of play that ear by ear game also on ESPN. All right, Heath Hinton. Uh, well, first, let me say thanks to uh, our good friends down at Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. Those are wonderful people. We love Kathleen, and we strongly suggest Campus Bookmart uh, as your go to place for your Southern Miss apparel. Okay, Heath, so South Alabama in town tonight. We, I don't guess we need to beat that dead horse. We just need to beat South Alabama. They've got, a, I want to say, a six-game winning streak against us. And then a really pretty good two-lane ball club, nationally ranked in some polls, uh, coming in Wednesday night. And then, and then the team goes to, uh, to Dallas Baptist, as we mentioned. But, but your view of where this baseball team is, they had a great week last week, 3-1 and one against Mississippi State and Louisiana. And, uh, you know, they come in with a lot of momentum and I think uh, with a lot of confidence. Yeah, I, I do too. Eight and three on the season. Uh, you've uh, swept one all your weekend series so far. You want to get revenge against uh, South Alabama tonight. But this is more than anything, guys, this is a good uh, RPI week for Southern Miss. Because if you look at it, Dallas Baptist are playing this weekend at 17. Tulane is 22. Uh, South Alabama, I think they're right around Southern Miss. They may be ranked a little higher, but those are good RPI games for Southern Miss. These are going to move you up in the RPI rankings, which matters so much more than any uh, top 25 polls. Yeah, we're going to so, talk about uh, polls later in the show. But, but yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And these are – you know what? These are games Southern Miss can win. Southern Miss could – so the Miss could go five and zero. Oh. They obviously could go one and four, but I don't anticipate that. Uh, I think they're capable of, of winning every game they play this week. Oh, I, I do too, especially with the pitching. I think uh, that's the last season. It was a strong point of Southern Miss, and this season it seems like they're not missed a beat, and they've gotten even better because you've got guys like Hall and Stewart who uh, who are looking better than they did last year. You got uh, what Riggins did this past Saturday was just outstanding watching him pitch that was uh almost looked like greg maddox-esque on the mound <laughs> it was it was walker powell-esque heath yeah, that's, walker right. Powell that's right that's yeah. right and i tell you this too guys it speaks to something that i've always advocated and that is what quality baseball they play at delta state university that's where that kid has been playing and obviously he he was taught very well and brought a lot of skills to division one so yeah, there's not, uh, so tonight there's not many Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's not many teams in the country that can throw out their uh, Sunday starter, and he's he's topping out at 98, 99 on the gun. No, no, you're he, right. Whose secondary pitches were ridiculous? There was yeah, actually Luke, Luke Jackson from the Braves commented on on the slider from Waltrip on Twitter, and uh, it was it was pretty cool to see that. Bob, we should mention tonight. So. The first meeting last year on February the 23rd between Southern Miss and South Alabama. Jeremy Lee started, went seven innings, three hits, no walks, struck out eight Golden Eagles. Tanner Hall actually started that game, only gave up one run and one hit over three and a third. But Lee actually ended up being a, a, a weekend starter for the Jags. He's been dinged up a little bit. He's made two appearances, but hasn't pitched since February the 26th against Rhode Island. And so in order uh, to, to get him back in their, their rotation down the road, Bob, guess who uh, South Alabama's throwing tonight? <laughs> I'm going to guess they're going to throw Jeremy Lee. They're I'm throwing thinking. Jeremy Lee tonight. So Golden Eagles get a, a chance 
He shut him out last year, but uh, Eagles responding with Tyler Stewart. And does of that course, surprise uh, you, Luke, that Tyler Stewart's going to start tonight? No, I mean he was he was one of the you know the, one of the six guys that were named. It was the three weekend guys: Hall, Boyd, and and Stewart. Right now, has not given up an earned run all season. Four appearances, he's one and zero. He struck out twelve and twelve innings pitched, only walked two. So the big six uh, nine righty gets the, the the start on the bump tonight and. Be excited to see you know how he fares against South Alabama. With with those kind of numbers, you guys, as I as I get in here, with those kind of numbers, he'll probably finish tenth or eleventh in the balloting for Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. <laughs> exactly, <next> week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I'm thinking a guy from UTEP is probably going to be the uh, you know, pitcher of the week. You know, Bob, you made the comment about that that you think the Eagles have a chance. It, you know, I'll go a step further and and I'll I'll defend my comment. I think with this roster that they have at Southern Miss, they have a chance to win every single game they play this year. Pitching is the lifeblood of any program. And even even when you go to Little League and they have the draft, you know, where all the coaches sit around and they all go after that that big kid that can hit the home run. And I always draft the kid that can pitch. That can pitch. And, and keep the kid from hitting the home run. I said that guy, I can I can take him out of the equation with four pitches. Right. If I say so, that kid will never get to swing the bat. Right. You're going to have to hit my pitchers. Right. And when you look at these major league rosters, back when we had major leagues, <laughs> when we had pro baseball, you know, these pitchers, they work once every five days, and they're making $35 million a year. And the guys that are playing every day aren't making that kind of money. They're, well, it's not fair. It's because the pitchers are the most important people on right. the field. And he said, and I, I almost hate to say this, um, but I watch this team very closely. I see the depth of this pitching staff, and I think to myself, that's what separates teams at the end of the year. That's who makes it to Omaha are the teams with the depth at pitching. And knock on wood, and I, I don't want to do anything to uh, jinx anybody, but I, I, I look at this and I think to myself, Southern Miss just may have the pitching depth to do it this year, Heath. They do have the pitching depth. Uh, they've got multiple – I've said it before. They got twelve guys that throw ninety plus out of the, uh, that are on the staff. Doesn't heard of in the past. They've got guys that can come in and just throw sliders and, and just nasty, nasty breaking stuff, all speed stuff uh, coming out of the bullpen. You got the lefties when you need a lefty uh, that they can go up there and get a lefty out. Drew Boyd did it uh, the other day. I'm just they got everything you need in a bullpen to be successful. Do, they got everything we, you need in the starting staff to be successful. I'm sorry, I, th- I didn't mean to cut into you. Do we know why Blake Weehunt hasn't pitched yet? No, I haven't heard. It. Not he's injured. Maybe just his number hadn't been called. But that's another guy that can he can run it up there around 97 too. Wow. The, so, p- the he, pitching staff is deep enough to where they can even. You hope it doesn't happen, but you could even if somebody does get hurt or even a guy or two goes down, you've got. Numerous guys that could come in and, and foot that bill. Yeah. Before we run out of time, I want to ask you this too, Heath. Uh, to me, the, the the shakiest pitcher, and I say that with all due respect, the shakiest pitcher of the weekend starters has been Ben Etheridge. And then you look at the performance from the kid Wednesday night against Mississippi State. Do, do you do you foresee a, a, a scenario where perhaps Ben Etheridge has moved to another role on the staff? No, I think Ben just had an off game. He's been pitching pretty well. Everybody's going to have an off game every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just part of it. 
uh, I think, you know, they're going to watch him to see how he does. And, you know, with the depth that if you need to go get Tanner Hall, you can throw him in as a weekend guy. But you got to remember, these midweek games are going to be important going forward for RPI games when you're playing teams like Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, those midweek games are going to be important to pad your RPI to maybe get into the hosting uh, talk and, you know, yeah. maybe a national seed. So, I don't know. I think you got to leave Tanner Hall there to – Well, I'll uh, well, tell you what, guys. Game. I like the thought of that you've got Tanner Hall to pitch against Tulane, Alabama next week. Down the road, Ole Miss is a midweek game. I, I like our chances when Tanner Hall's pitching. Well, about two weeks before the season started, Coach Ostrander, I heard him speak to the Hattiesburg Sertoma Club, and he said at that point, before the season had started, he said you could throw a blanket over about eight or ten of them, and, and it wouldn't matter who you'd pull out. You're, you're getting about the same caliber of guy. That's right. when you know your program is humming, buddy, Right. when it really doesn't I, matter who you throw out there. How right. good is Coach Oz as a pitching coach, too? Let's oh, just be man. honest. He's a great I, coach. That, that was going to be a question I th- throw at you and Luke. we got a minute left. G- give me your – evaluation of uh, Coach Ostrander, uh, Heath, and then I'd like to hear what you think, Luke, before we go to break. I, I just think Coach Coach Oss is uh, – you watch him during the games. I, always, he, I may second guess him, but he's usually 99% of the time right. I don't – so I just stopped. I, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to call pitches. He knows how to develop pitchers. He's been doing it, and you're seeing that progress with Stuart Hall Etheridge, those guys, how much he's gotten them better over time. He's just a, he's a phenomenal baseball coach. Luke, when you have a, a guy like Oz that helps Tanner Hall for say develop a second pitch and for it to be as good as it is, Ugh. and his ability to take relievers and turn them into starters like we've seen, I mean that that's tremendous. And and just you can credit some of the stuff that Ox done. And I will say, kind of the secret that a lot of people know about, some people don't know about. Todd Makovica, which is the strength and conditioning coach, Ostrander would turn around and tell you that his program, particularly for some of the pitchers, and what he's done for this baseball program is strength and conditioning is, is the reason for some of the velocity why we see it like it is. All right, Heath, we want to thank you for sticking around a little extra with us. How do people join Big Gold Nation? Uh, just go to southernmiss.rivals.com, click sign up, and uh, become a member per month and for a year. It's cheaper every month if you do per year, so come on and join the fun. And we strongly recommend that you do. When we come back, thank you, Heath. When we come back, talk a little spring football. Got a sound bite from uh, our very unique personality and of a football coach. Yeah. Blockbuster trade just happening yeah, in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, the NFL, no question. And it doesn't involve the Commodores, Commanders. What do they call them? Whatever the hell they are. We'll be back. <laughs> Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good times with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation in those first two segments. If you missed it, listen on demand later on supertalk.fm where the Eagle Hour is in podcast form. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Luke Johnson here, Bob Getty, and Kelly Sanner in Hattiesburg. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street. 
If you're going to the baseball game tonight, Jeremy Lee against Tyler Stewart as the Golden Eagles take on South Alabama pregame. Get your pregame on at 4th Street tomorrow. First pitch against the Tulane Green Wave at 6 p.m. Of course, both of those games on ESPN Plus and on the Southern Miss. Hey, Luke, before we get into the segment, uh, let me point out to everybody, too, that we're having sun fades this time of the year, and I really forgot to mention that. So uh, the sun fades do not affect the podcast so uh, or, or, the, uh, or the stream. So if you – if you experience that listening to terrestrial radio and you lost us for four or five minutes, you can uh, catch up on that segment uh, on the podcast this afternoon. Good stuff. So uh, South Al tonight, they are in the Warren Nolan RPI. They are 123 at 8-2 overall. Golden Eagles, 42 in the RPI, 8-3 overall. Uh, Tulane is 22 overall, 10 and 2. So as we mentioned before, this is a big RPI week for the Golden Eagles in their, uh, foe this weekend, Dallas Baptist. Even at six and five guys, they're at the 17 RPI. So should be, uh, should be a good time. All right. Let's get to this guy's blockbuster trade in the NFL. Yeah. Between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, now a Bronco. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Apparently, uh, as uh, two weeks they've been talking, these two teams have been talking back and forth. Here's the trade package, guys. The Seahawks get Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris. Now, here's where it gets wild. Two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a fifth-rounder. Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. So, Russell Wilson and one draft pick from Seattle to Denver, and Denver sends a quarterback, a tight end, a defensive lineman, and five, count them, five, including two first-rounder draft picks. I guess, Luke, what they're trying to do is imitate the uh, Super Bowl champions, the Rams, who kind of gave the world away to to get Matthew Stafford. Uh, And and it appears to me that's what the, the Broncos feel like. They're close enough. That if they have that franchise quarterback, he can do for them what Stafford Kelly did for the uh, Rams. They have traded away the franchise, is what Denver, you know, has done. And to me, that is really a risky move. The Rams now don't even have a first round pick. I don't think for the next couple of years because Aaron Donald was in there. Um, you know, Von Miller, who who came from Denver to the Rams. So yeah, it's it's win now, and you better win now, right? Because you've just traded away. You know the future of your draft, but, and and it, it's you know I I don't know I, Wilson, I would never do that. Wilson's a year younger than Stafford, but you know the Broncos don't have the defense the Rams do. Right, right, and poor Wilson now will officially wear the two ugliest uniforms in the NFL between the Seahawks and the Broncos. It just doesn't get any uglier. But now look at look at that AFC quarterback roster. Now you got Russell Wilson in Denver. You got Justin Herbert. With the L.A. Chargers, Joe Burrow with Cincinnati. You got the kid from Buffalo, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I can't ever remember Could Josh Allen's the best name. Of the bunch. And you've got uh, Lamar Mahomes. Jackson, Home. Lamar yeah, Jackson, Jackson in Baltimore, and and Mahomes in Kansas City. Those are just the AFC quarterbacks. But just think about the AFC West: Herbert, Wilson, Mahomes, and Carr. That's just the division. Yeah, that's pretty good. So the NFC now, the NFC is markedly worse. 
than the AFC. Well, well it's it started because the Commanders are in the NFC. So you, so you the can, Commodores, the Commodores, whatever, well, whatever you want to call them this way. <laughs> right. They're in the NFC, but all of the good quarterbacks now, other than Aaron Rodgers, who reportedly is going back to the Packers, yeah. all the great young quarterbacks are in the AFC now. And don't forget the Giants and the Cowboys. I mean, you know, three sorry teams right there. No disrespect to Dak, Dak Prescott, but they're just not very good. All they the just, great quarterbacks yeah. are in the AFC now, man. You win the AFC next year, buddy. You've done something. Yeah, the old joke is true that Cowboy fans want their players to be their pallbearers so they can let them down one last time. I mean, <laughs> and they should put the Super Bowl there every year so that the home field home team will never have home field advantage. Right. It really is that the last time that the uh, the Cowboys, if, or if any Cowboy fans really want to view their Super Bowl pictures, they have to use a three by five hard disk. It's been a, a long computer. time. It's been a minute. It's been a long time. All right, back home, Luke. Golden Eagles are practicing. I hear you got a little uh, little comment from the head coach. Yeah, just to, to set this up. So the Eagles now, they've, they actually worked out this morning. And if you look at in, in spring practice, if people know this, you practice 15 times. And the Golden Eagles are kind of taking the, we should call the Natchez Trace route. <laughs> they started on February the 19th. And they will not finish until April the 2nd, which, by the way, what a great weekend. For Golden Eagle Sports, that is the weekend of the ba- of the uh, Louisiana Tech baseball series, which will start at two in the afternoon. The Saturday game, spring practice, our spring game will be at at uh, eleven a.m. that morning. But yeah, the Golden Eagles halfway through, as of today, uh, they practice over the weekend on Saturday. Practice this morning, they'll practice Thursday and Friday of this week, and then take about eleven days off for uh, for spring practice. But but real telling what Will Hall said uh, today about Saturday's practice. I thought this was impressive. And this is what uh, the head coach had to say. And uh, I thought coming off the weekend, that practice we had this past Saturday after watching the tape, probably the best football practice we've had since I've been here. From a physicality standpoint, tackling, hitting, blocking, you know, just a really physical, legitimate, bona fide Division One college football practice, which we've probably not had here, just to be honest with you, from a number standpoint and talent standpoint. So that was good to see. And uh, we'll keep rocking and rolling. You know, we're at the seven practice mark, and we practice eight on Thursday. And uh, we're looking forward to installing the and getting back out here. We're blessed, boys. We're blessed. <laughs> the, the fact that he, uh, you know, just feels like that, that they actually had, had a pretty good practice. Golden Eagles, I'll bring this to you in the fourth, uh, fourth segment, but Golden Eagles got another commitment today out of an athlete from, uh, from Alabama. So yeah, I mean, you just, you're, you're building momentum like this and the early reports, you know, the quarterback play has, has been pr- pretty, pretty good. And, uh, Trey Lowe's still out there. Zach Wilkie's out there challenging Tyke. So it'll be fun to see how, uh, we're halfway through spring football right now. Luke, why, do, why does, uh, Coach Hall choose to practice at seven and eight o'clock in the morning instead of in the afternoon? So we actually, I was with some people out in the roost. He came through, uh, I think it was the Jacksonville series. No, it was North Alabama series. And, and just kind of the philosophy, you, you get a guy's day going. And I know this from personal experience as a college football player. Um, I would have teammates that would miss 8 o'clock classes, but they ain't missing a 7 o'clock position meeting and then an 8 o'clock practice. So it allows, uh, I guess, to, to make sure later in the day guys will, will go to class. At the same time, you're, you're done after a certain time. Uh, recovery plays into that as well, and it's just a way to, to go ahead and, and do business at the first part of the day. So I, I, listening to him explain some, some of those, not all of those came from Coach Hall, but so, some of that just about how it assures the fact that 
you know, everybody's going to uh, do both. Um, I, I know we would go to class oftentimes because we found out that Coach Bauer sometimes had more of a propensity to hang around the Liberal Arch building than he did maybe Green Hall. So if you knew that Ty Nix or Jeff Bauer was going to be standing at the door checking attendance, you made sure your butt was there. Yeah, sure. You know, Bob, in the first uh, segment, you guys were talking about some of the problems with Conference USA and how, and Heath was saying how Conference USA is not going to give Southern Miss you know, any favors, you know, to be sure. The question I get more often from listeners of this program is why doesn't Conference USA do something about leadership? Why don't the schools, the members in Conference USA, do something about the perceived poor leadership no. in Conference USA? Here's the reason. Academia is not run like a business. In a business, super talk, whoever, if you don't do the job, you get fired. You're lucky if you get any money before you clean your desk out and leave. When you're dealing with academics, I'm speaking generally here, Mm -hmm. academics don't run like athletics. Athletics have to be run like a business. And this is the mistake that these institutions, the presidents who have to make these calls, not getting rid of the commissioner. Well, it might hurt their feelings or we might get sued. Look, it's a business. And if it's not going well, there needs to be a change. And until the presidents have the nerve to do that, nothing will change. But, Kelly, do you want a leader that tells you what to do or do you want a leader that you tell what to do and then they do what you want them to do? Because I, I think that's a lot of it. I think that there's been inept, soft leadership at the top of Conference USA because some some presidents or, or athletic directors or institutions can sometimes flex their their will against you know the the headquarters and and that's what gets done. Particularly, I mean, what do we, we we talked about you know with this conference realignment? Like, who's really flexing against Marshall and Old Dominion and Southern Miss? Because there's like ten people in the league that don't care because they're on their way out. No, you're, no, that's exactly my point. But you've got academic people trying to run an athletic, uh, trying to run an athletic administration, which is Conference USA. It doesn't work. Athletics have to right. be run like a business. All right, we're going to calm the boys down during the break. They oh, get I'm, I'm they, lathered they, up. They get lathered up about we're, conference. We're good with each other. Yeah, we just yeah, uh-huh. this conference. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk to you guys real briefly about a new company called College Baseball Nation. Now in its fourth year of operation, I believe, I'm reaching out to the owner. They have a poll, and they have a Golden Eagles rank nationally. We'll talk a little bit about that in that. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. D-Bad and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg bring you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Great friends down there. Instruction and batting cages on the left. Indoor training facility on the right. D-Bad and D1 have it all. We appreciate their sponsorship. Of the Eagle Hour, Bob, Luke, and Kelly from the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, a couple news and notes. Softball was set to be in Oxford tonight to take on the Lady Rebels of Ole Miss. That game has been canceled due to the weather coming in, and the Lady Eagles will set their sights now on their first Conference USA series at home this weekend against North Texas. Basketball tonight in the play-in game of the 2022 Conference USA 
tournament out in Frisco, Texas. First tip at 7 p.m. That game is on ESPN+. And, of course, John Cox will be on the call as well. I mentioned a little earlier Golden Eagle football got a recruit commit yesterday. This is for the class of 20. 23 William James, a six foot, 180 pound cornerback from Theodore, Alabama, committed yesterday. He was recruited by Will Hall and a defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. Hey guys, we won something over South Alabama. There we he go. actually had an offer from South Al, and, but uh, William James uh, is the second commitment of the class of 2023. So Golden Eagles wrapping uh, up a cornerback. Well, glad that we beat him in something. All right, Kelly, I, I do want to get to this poll, but I asked both of the guys this at the start of the show. You you didn't make it in just yet. Uh, and I, and I, I personally speaking hope this is not the case, but is tonight the end of the Jay Ladner era? I heard I heard what you guys had to say. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now look, I, I, I totally get the argument. I, I do. But I I just don't think so. He's got another year yeah. left on Southern Miss doesn't have a whole lot of money to be, you know. You know, well, we'll know soon. Right. All right. So in 2019, a company was formed called College Baseball Nation. Some young men, John Peters is the young man uh, that founded this company. They cover college baseball nationally. They cover the World Series. They cover the regional, super regionals. Uh, so they're a legitimate. Uh, they're a legitimate sports operation. They have their own top 25 poll that their writers uh, pick. They have Southern Miss ranked 16th in the country in the poll. Tulane 19th, uh, just some other teams of interest. Louisiana Tech just outside their poll at 29th. Mississippi State dropped out of their poll this week and fell to 26th. Uh, Luke Johnson, how how can there be so much discrepancy? And I know, and you know, Hill Denson laid it out very clear. You're an idiot if you care about the polls. But how can there be so much discrepancy from sports writer to sports writer? Um, because you know you've got you've got some teams that are still living off what they did last year and they played hard competition. I mean, it's why Dallas Baptist seventeen RPI they're six and five. You know, and you know we here's the thing: you would want the Golden Eagles. You wouldn't want uh, the, the biggest one right now. I think College Baseball Nation actually has Virginia in their top twenty five, but Virginia's like perfect. They're like eleven and zero, and they didn't sniff uh, D ones, and it's partly because of competition. So I think it's competition. I think basically until you get in conference play, you really some way don't really have a measure on people, um, and then I think sometimes. You know, brands are given benefit of the doubt, and I think I mentioned it yesterday. Fan bases, because the amount of the fan base equals clicks to the website, or whether or not that poll is particularly held in high esteem. And I mean, that's has something to say in the 21st century. Kelly, why don't I let these polls get under my skin? I should I should listen to Coach Denson. All, all coaches will say they'd rather be out of the polls, yeah. you know, so that they can sneak in under the radar and they don't have that target on their back, you know, because when when you're overachieving and everybody's looking at you, man, you're going to get everybody's best. But when it comes to Southern Miss, the, the reputation of the program, the longstanding history of this program, polls or not, you're going to get everybody's best just because they right. know the, the caliber they know. They yeah, know. of teams yeah. that are being put on the field. The There's only no poll that matters is the RPI. That's it. Well, and really, the only thing that matters is winning your your league tournament. That's really what matters more than anything. You know, you, you play really well into your tournament. You get a good RPI, like Luke talked about. You win your conference tournament, and then you have a chance to go to the World Series. And coach, well, Coach Ladner on the baseball on the basketball side was saying, "Look, I want to get these guys healthy 
so that when we play in the tournament, we can optimize our chances to winning the tournament. You know, it's still unlikely, but I'm just saying. Wouldn't you love to see, after all the criticism he's taken, they win the tournament, go to the NCAA? Because that's the only way any team from Conference USA is going to go. And that's, remember, uh, North uh, Texas won the league last year and won a first-round game in right, the NCAA right. tournament. That would be the most to-the-top moment, like, ever. Yes, I agree. <laughs> And we're hoping that happens, right? You know, we are. But um, but but back to baseball. Just last statement on baseball. When you get into conference play, this is why these non-conference games are so important because your conference can beat up on each other, and if you're a mid-major, it's going to shoot the value of the conference like all the way down, even if your conference is good. Correct. So you want to make statements early on in these non-conference games, like the Eagles have, and like they have the opportunity to do this week. But if you're in the right conference, you can be six and six and pretty yes. much suck and still be in the top twenty five. And and only in one conference can you do that. I can't think of it. It just means more, guys. <laughs> kind of it just, means, it more. just means more. You're exactly yeah, right. And the Ole Miss uh, women canceled the softball game tonight because they might get wet. Could be. Could be. All right. Good luck to the Eagles tonight. Hopefully, we got a green beret leading our program. Yeah. There you go. Hope hope the Golden Eagles pull one off tonight. It would be a nice, nice change. A good doubleheader, a basketball-baseball doubleheader victory would be great. There we go. South Alabama tonight at 6 o'clock at Pete Taylor Park and on ESPN+. Plus. We hope you enjoy the game. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Into the Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.